you're seeking biblical wisdom and understanding in these difficult and trying times, and you recognize the power of God's Word to delve deep into the issues of the heart, then welcome to Biblical Counseling Today with Dr. John Kwasney, husband, father, counselor, author, and teacher. Join us for Christ-centered, gospel-driven truth concerning our individual, marital, and parenting struggles. This is Biblical Counseling Today. Looking back on my childhood, I would characterize myself as extremely shy and introverted. I would never raise my hand in class, morbidly afraid of being called upon for fear of looking stupid, even though I was an A student. I literally hid behind my sister in every possible way, who was two years younger than me and very outgoing. When the phone rang in the house, I made her answer it. When our mom would send us to pick up something at the store, I would beg my sister to do it for me. When we came up with ideas to sell things door-to-door to make money, like Christmas cards, etc., she would go to the door while I stood on the sidewalk, guarding the supplies. I think I had my sister convinced she was born to be my personal secretary. I remember my mother trying to get me to come out of my shell and do things that scared me to death. But I also think she allowed me to get away with a whole lot of bad behavior, chalking it up to my shy personality. Do you have a child who struggles with extreme shyness or maybe even a more crippling social anxiety disorder? It is definitely tempting to simply allow a child to hide inside his shyness, believing that some people are just introverts while others are extroverts. And it may feel almost impossible to try to change our child's approach to social situations, especially when they look at us with eyes filled with terror. Maybe he or she will just grow out of it someday. After all, we all can be shy and fearful in some social interactions. Surely our children will simply mature and come out of their shell at some point. There is no doubt that happens, as in my case. Something happened between my junior and senior year of high school that turned me from an extremely shy guy to a fairly sociable guy. I'd like to believe it was the work of the Holy Spirit as I was beginning to actually take my faith in Christ seriously. So as parents, we certainly must depend on the work of the Spirit to bring change into the lives of our children. He will convict them of sin, soften their hearts, and open their eyes to the kingdom of God. But that doesn't mean we should sit back and do nothing. A big part of our parenting is to recognize sinful or destructive patterns of thinking and behaving that must be changed. In this way, we are our child's best biblical counselor. So we need to consider how to address the extremely shy child, as well as the more challenging, socially anxious child. Let's dig down deep and walk through biblical principles on this important subject. Well, let's begin with some important definitions. Here's the first one, shy. Shy is defined as being reserved or having or showing nervousness or timidity in the company of other people. Here's another definition, extreme shyness. Extreme shyness occurs when a person feels deep pain and crippling fear when around other people in a social situation. 
And then there's the definition of social anxiety. Psychologists define it this way. Intense anxiety or fear of being judged, negatively evaluated, or rejected in a social or performance situation. People with social anxiety disorder may worry about acting or appearing visibly anxious. Examples, blushing, stumbling over words, etc. Or being viewed as stupid, awkward, or boring. As a result, they often avoid social or performance situations. And when a situation cannot be avoided, they experience significant anxiety and distress. Many people with social anxiety disorder also experience strong physical symptoms, such as a rapid heart rate, nausea, and sweating, and may experience full-blown panic attacks when confronting a feared situation. Although they recognize that their fear is excessive and unreasonable, people with social anxiety disorder often feel powerless against their anxiety. These are some of the definitions you will find in any textbook on shyness and social anxiety. Some recent statistics show that more than 15 million American adults report to have social anxiety disorder. Well, while some theorists believe extreme shyness and social anxiety are two totally different problems, one being a common personality issue and the other a mental illness, it's better to see them as related and connected heart problems. Like all the other anxiety problems, these occur on a spectrum of intensity. From shyness on the one hand to crippling extreme shyness, and then all the way to total shutdown social anxiety disorder. The more intense, the more a child will even have bodily responses similar to panic attacks. So if not dealt with early enough, shyness can only lead to bigger social anxiety issues that may be more difficult to handle. Well, with all that in mind, let's talk through how to disciple and biblically counsel your child who is extremely shy or even to the extreme of socially anxious. First, understand your child's view of self. Being painfully shy around other people quickly becomes identity forming. We even talk about it as something that is deeply rooted in the personality. I'm just introverted versus all those extroverted people out there. It is true that we can see this shyness or social anxiety appear very early in a child's life. You may have a daughter who literally hides in your skirt when at church, when adults approach and try to greet her. This habit of response begins to formulate your child's sense of self and identity. You may hear your child say things like, I just don't know what to say to people. I freeze up when people are around. I get embarrassed and turn red-faced so fast. I, I hate that about myself. As you understand how your child is thinking about self, you need to learn to speak the truth in love. We all can get tongue-tied around people we don't know well. Just say hello and smile. Say, it's nice to see you today. Or, instead of looking down to the floor, look at the person in the eye. This is a habit we all need to learn. You won't melt. Or you could say to your child, it's no fun getting embarrassed and being red-faced, but it's not the end of the world. 
Now, some would say that this is being dismissive of a child's real fears and anxieties. And they say it won't work anyway. It just shows you don't understand them. If you say things like these in anger or without love, then I agree you will do more harm than good. We are always to speak to our children the truth in love. These truths are intended to begin to attack the lies that your children are believing about self. They are not said in some weak attempt to change behavior immediately. The extremely shy child will still default back to wanting to avoid any interactions with people because of their faulty view of self. So learn how your child is thinking about self and counteract the lies with truth. This will take time, but it must be done. We don't want our children to carry a false view of self for the long term. That's why it's so essential to get to this problem early, as with all other problems. Secondly, understand your child's deep love of self. When we only understand social anxiety from some sort of psychological theory, we miss the fact that the problem is rooted in the love of self. I know in today's time we are told that children need to learn to love themselves more. But the truth is that we all love ourselves enough and often way too much. According to the great commandment, Christians are to love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength and to love their neighbors as intensely as they already love themselves. The child who acts shy and anxious around other people, even people who love him or her, is caught in a deep love of self. Think about it this way. Love is the motivating force that drives us to care, protect, help, and to serve others. If the person you deeply love is being attacked or harmed in any way, you will rise up and do everything in your power to protect him or her. Well, that's the same dynamic that is going on in the heart of your child. Out of a love for self, the child is seeking to protect self from any possible harm. Now, this is an absolutely normal response when real threats are coming at us. If you didn't have some type of self-love, then you wouldn't care if you were hurt, attacked, destroyed. This is normal to care for our physical, mental, and emotional well-being. So to put it bluntly, the child who is extremely shy is extremely self-oriented. Loving self becomes job number one, and they do it very well. When each and every social interaction, especially with people I don't know well, feels threatening, then I must avoid them at all costs. This habit of loving self first and loving self most becomes very addicting. After all, who can love you better than you? This is one of Satan's greatest lies. So how do we address this hyper love of self in our children? Well, we don't tell them to start to hate themselves more, of course. What they need to hear is that their eyes are way too focused on self and they are too preoccupied with protecting self. Our children who are anxious need to learn that damage that loving self does to other people. As you seek to protect self, you end up keeping everyone else away. When you build a wall around yourself, you keep everyone else out. Well, that leads us to the next important 
point of discipleship. Show your child his or her lack of love for other people. In 1 John 4.18, the Apostle John writes, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Do you hear it? When our children are afraid of people, again, people who are not trying to harm them, they lack real love for these same people. This is exactly how other people experience a socially anxious person. At first, it may feel like rudeness, but it quickly manifests as a lack of desire to return the love I'm trying to give out. Think about the child who hides behind your pants legs at church. An older lady walks up and says, Well, hello, what is your name? The child is unresponsive. The friendly lady continues, Your hair is so pretty today. Would you like a piece of candy? Again, no response other than a blushing face and holding tighter on to mom. This irrational fear of people is the exact opposite of loving other people. One of my children was like this in a big way. Every time someone came over to the house, he would run like the flash to his room, slam the door, and hide under the covers. It was sort of cute the first couple of times he did it, as we tried unsuccessfully to bribe him out of his room to come and greet his grandma or neighbor or one of our friends. As he got older, it quickly ceased being cute and had developed into a serious problem. His behavior was shouting loud and clear that he had no interest in showing the least bit of human love to our guests. Avoiding people is also avoiding loving people. This irrational fear must be talked about as a refusal to love my neighbor as I already love myself. It is loving self and showing hatred to others. Now again, I know that may sound harsh to a child. After all, he can't help it. In one sense, he can't help it. He can't help himself all on his own. He needs to know the love of God and have the Holy Spirit work in his life. But again, your job is to teach and discipline. He needs to be told over and over again that he is not loving people the way God has called us to. And he may need consequences for his behavior as well. He cannot be allowed to just withdraw from every social situation, especially the ones that are clearly safe. So talk to your child about how God's children love other people. Any giving in to our shyness and social anxiety is not loving others the way they need to be loved. Well, let's continue to build together biblical principles that will give us much help in dealing with a child who is extremely shy or more deeply socially anxious. Here's a fourth one. Teach them to fear God rather than man. In Matthew 10, 28, we read these words of Jesus. And do not fear those who kill the body, but who cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. While fearing people is the opposite of loving them, Jesus says that fearing people is also in direct opposition to the fear of God. 
when your anxious child becomes so preoccupied with what others may do to them or say to them or what may embarrass them, ask them what is the worst thing that can happen. According to Jesus, the worst thing that people can do to us is kill us. Now, while that may not sound very comforting to the ears of a child, it is truth right from the lips of their Savior. Jesus was simply putting our irrational fears about what other people may do to us in perspective. No human being is able to send our soul to hell. No human being can take away our eternal rest and salvation in Christ. But our shy children make people too big and thereby make God too small. Their fear of people makes people into all-powerful gods. Again, the child who will not speak to adults, look them in the eye, and just stays hidden away is a picture of making people into ogres, dangerous demigods. You must teach your child that an antidote for their fear of people is the fear of God. Now, what does that mean in practical terms? It means that obeying God becomes our first and only priority. It means that we are to worship God rather than worshiping self and other people. It means that our focus is God rather than humans. It means that we know that God has our soul, so we should be in awe of what he can do with our future, not with what people can do. Just as a child's eyes need to move from a self-focus to an other's focus, they also need to be moved from the fear of others to the fear of God. If you have an older child or teen struggling with extreme shyness or social anxiety, you can challenge their thought process by saying things like, what exactly do you think this person will do to you? What exactly will this person say that will be so scary? What might you do that will cause another person to do or say something harmful? We must challenge our children to think through the lies that are fueling their fears. Much like being afraid of the boogeyman, shyness creates fears that are never fully realized. Fifth, address your child's need for control. As I have said in several other podcasts, it's helpful to remember that all forms of anxiety are the heart's attempt to control what it can't control. Social anxiety is no exception. When children are anxious in social interactions, they are trying to control an uncontrollable environment. So the only way to have ultimate control is to never ever be in a social situation. That's why the final extreme landing place for someone with social anxiety is agoraphobia, the fear of any situation where people are involved, keeping a person literally homebound and alone. The extremely shy child is trying to control his social universe, which means he is actually trying to control other people. He doesn't want other people to talk to him, make eye contact with him. He doesn't want people to bother him in any way. He doesn't want people in his space. He doesn't want to have to answer people's questions. You see how controlling this is. By attempting to control your own world, you end up attempting to control the world of others. Your child probably doesn't realize how controlling he really is. 
So talk to him about this dynamic of social anxiety, that he is becoming a controlling person, longing for control where he cannot have it. The solution always is to give this up to God, to give control up to God. But it also means dealing with the fear that other people will end up controlling me. Remember, someone with social anxiety fears what people will say, do, fears rejection, hurt, and pain that comes from real relationships. A little side note here. We can certainly sympathize with our children if their need for control emerges from the fact that their world is really out of control. So if your child is suffering from a broken marriage or other real tragedies in their young lives, then we can understand the heightening fear and grasping for some sort of security. But in the end, all of our extremely shy and anxious children need to be shown that they cannot be in control of their own lives. Parent, this means that, humanly speaking, you need to have firm control of their lives. They must not be able to dictate what they will or won't do. Obedience and submission is required for the painfully shy child as well. Here's another principle. Recognize the lack of a God-centered faith in your child. God's Word also teaches that fear is the opposite of faith. When we are looking at our circumstances in fear, we are not putting our faith or trust in God. So where is God in the life of an extremely shy child? To put it bluntly, it's hard to reconcile a growing vibrant faith in God with a paralyzing fear of people or social anxiety. Now, please don't hear condemnation for children or adults struggling with these problems. For some, there may be no faith in God at all. For others, a weak and fragile faith in the Lord. I'm not questioning their salvation, but like the disciples, they may be people of little faith. When we are afraid of people or social interactions, it does reveal that we are man-centered in our thinking rather than God-centered. So our shy youngster needs to grow in faith for a God who loves him, one who will always protect and provide for him. To give in to these people-based fears is to believe that God is not powerful enough or loving enough to take care of me. So I end up having to take care of myself. Pray for and pray with your child that he will see Jesus and he would put his faith in God rather than in himself. Call on these children to let go of their anxieties and rest in the arms of Jesus for all of their social interactions. Our children as sinners are naturally self-centered and not God-centered. Help them see the joy and freedom of a God-centered life. When Jesus is on the throne, then we are free to serve God first and others second, rather than just serving ourselves and our own need to be comfortable, alone, and unharmed. Here's another principle for us. Confront the fear to risk, to fail, or to be embarrassed. Let's review one definition of social anxiety again. Intense anxiety or fear of being judged, negatively evaluated, or rejected in a social or performance situation. 
Certainly being humiliated by a poor performance or harshly critiqued is extremely hard for any of us to take. So it is totally understandable when a child has gone through a couple of these embarrassments and now seeks to avoid them at all costs. But some children develop this sort of performance anxiety without actually going through a humiliating time. Maybe they have seen others rejected or judged unfairly. Maybe they have a heightened fear for other reasons. Whatever the case, the unwillingness to take a risk due to an extreme fear of failure can be very paralyzing to say the least. It is possible to avoid most risks in this life, but sooner or later the child will have to do something difficult. So as early as possible, talk to your child about the courage it takes to take risks, to do the hard thing, to do something that does not guarantee success. Now, we aren't all called to be extreme risk takers or to participate in the X Games, but life in this fallen world is, by definition, risky. To avoid all risks is trying to control what we can't control. It is not trusting God. It'll keep us from doing important things in this life. Social anxiety that manifests in the fear of failure reveals a perfectionistic heart. This idol of perfectionism can appear early on in school or even before then. Again, you will need to address this tendency firmly and lovingly. It's one thing to get upset when we fail. It's another to so fear failure that we refuse to try at all. You may also see this show up in a child who quits everything he begins. At first, this may seem like just childish folly, but when it rises to the level of severe anxiety and withdrawal, it must be reversed. Catch it early. Being embarrassed is not the end of the world. Our children need to develop a godly thick skin, and we as parents must make sure we don't overprotect them to the point that they never risk social interaction that may bring red-faced embarrassment. Our eighth principle, increase social interactions. This will be the toughest battle of all. It's just so much easier to let your shy child avoid as much human contact as possible. I'm sure it was much easier for my parents to let me hide behind my extroverted sister. Now, I'm not suggesting that a parent becomes a harsh drill sergeant and totally humiliates their child by forcing social situations. You must use wisdom in how you choose to increase these interactions. Maybe forcing your preteen or teen to go to youth group when he has steadfastly avoided it. Or your child to school functions that she has avoided but would be good for her or public events and activities where strangers cannot be avoided. Whatever you try, these opportunities will require lots of conversations before and afterwards, getting your child to talk through his emotions and thoughts. Appeal to your child to learn to love other people, serve other people, expand their circle to include more people. Think about how small and restrictive the life of a child struggling with extreme shyness becomes. They only let in those that they really, really trust. They will only connect to those who they really, really feel safe with. So work to expand your child's circle. Don't allow them to pick and choose whom they will relate to and talk to. 
Now understand that this may be a slow process and a very difficult one. Hopefully in the process, the Holy Spirit will open your child's eyes to see a world of people who need to be loved and ministered to rather than just avoided and excluded. You also may have to discipline your child if he refuses. And then finally, don't let your child develop an orphan mentality. Social anxiety and severe shyness is isolating, paralyzing, and painful. Left unattended, it only leads to a life of few relationships and aloneness. It is the life of an orphan, a very sad life indeed. But your child is not an orphan. He has parents, and more importantly, he has a heavenly father who loves him. Of course, if the child has not put his faith in Christ, then he is not a child of God. He has not been yet adopted by his heavenly father. If that is the case, then use the opportunity of this difficult problem to point your child to Christ. He needs his older brother who will save him from his sins and fully connect him to his body, the church, and again be adopted by God the Father. But if your child is a professing Christian, then he needs to grow to become more like Christ, which includes growing in courage, godly strength, the fear of God, and the love of other people. To stay stuck in social anxiety or extreme shyness is to resist the work of the Spirit and the commands of Jesus Christ. Unfortunately, even Christians can develop an orphan mentality, seeing themselves as alone in this world when they are never alone. Show your child from the Word of God and from your own testimony of faith that he doesn't have to hide away. He doesn't have to avoid all social interactions and relationships to survive in this world. It's actually quite the opposite. He needs people. He needs relationships to survive. In the end, we want to see our children grow in their love for God and for other people too. They can't grow closer in faith and love to God if they aren't also growing in relationships. Even as parents, we need to take the lead and overcome our own fears by depending more on the Lord, which brings us out from behind our protective and comfortable walls. Thank you for listening to Biblical Counseling Today with Dr. John Kwasney. This weekly podcast is supported by Biblical Counseling and Training Ministries, which you can learn more about at bctministries.com. If you have found yourself encouraged or challenged today, please share this podcast with your church, family, and friends. Rate us on iTunes and your social media outlets. It really helps. Until next time, may you enjoy the riches of God's compassionate grace and mercy in your life.